Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Adams, mindset coach, entrepreneur, and manifestation enthusiast. I am obsessed with supporting you in living the life of your dreams. Each week, I'll be providing you with a quick bite of mind food so you can live the life that you were put on this planet to live. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful. I am, I'm really excited for today's episode and I got to be honest, I am also a little nervous. I'm a little nervous to really peel back the curtain on my thought process, share more about my experience with alcohol, which I really haven't ever shared anywhere publicly Um, outside of coaching containers or with clients here and there, but I'm really going to get into it in this episode. And my intention for this episode is to most importantly, share my truth, because every time we share our truth, we set ourselves free little by little, we open up our throat chakra, all that good stuff. And my other intention is that I want whoever is hearing this to receive the exact message that you needed to hear today on this podcast. So I'd love for you to even set that intention. There's a reason you clicked this episode. There's a reason this title jumped out at you. There's a reason you were curious or wanted to hear what I have to say. And I would love for you to set that intention of you receiving the exact message or maybe story or experience that you needed to hear today. And also I always consider myself to be an open vessel to whatever God wants to bring through me. So I've set an intention and set a prayer of, you know, if there's anything that I get to say, that's going to help somebody else, please make sure it flows through me. So I'm really excited to get into it. I'm going to be sharing with you today my journey of how I made the decision to let go of alcohol. So notice I'm not saying become sober. I've chosen to let go of alcohol and I'm going to really tell you more about my journey with alcohol because I had a relationship with it for, I was going to say most of my life, but that's not accurate. I mean, teens to, you know, late twenties and really what led to me making this decision and also how my life has really changed since. So I want to start by saying that I hold zero judgments of anybody else's choices around alcohol. So what I'm sharing here, this is my truth, my experience, my experience of certain events in my life, if I talk about them, and really what I've decided and the choice I've made around alcohol. And so my goal is not to persuade you or shame you or have you think that my way is the best way. Nobody's way is the best way. It's the best way for them. And it just is, there's no right or wrong way or path. And I'm actually really grateful that I've had a lot of experience with alcohol because it really helped me get to the place I am today. So I just want to make that really clear, and I hope that my story and what I share is going to add value to your life in some way. So I thought the best way to start, because obviously the title says, you know, why I stopped drinking alcohol. So you know the conclusion, you know that I stopped drinking alcohol, but 
I feel like it'd be valuable to tell you a little bit about how I got to that place and what things look like before I let go of alcohol once and for all in 2019. So I had a lot of fun in high school, in college, after college, alcohol was very, very much a part of my reality by choice. So, you know, in high school, I had fun at whatever parties we would do. Literally any chance I had to drink alcohol with my friends, I did. It always enhanced the night. It was fun. Um, I'd like to say I was really safe about it every single time, but that would not be truthful. It just, I had a lot of fun. Okay. And then college. I went to Chico State. If you have heard anything about it, or if you know anyone who went there, maybe you visited, or maybe if you went there yourself, let me know because we're wildcats. <laughs> That's a school mascot. I went to Chico State and I was really blessed to be a part of a sorority. And to be honest, have the time of my life. When I look back at my life, those years and those years can almost bring me to tears and I, I might actually cry. Those were some of the best years of my life. You know, whether those friendships are as present today as they were back then, those were the most fun years of my life. And it's not like every single moment was rainbows and unicorns. Like there was anxiety and fear and pain and those things. But I am just, when I look back at my life, you know, I graduated in 2012. So it's been a minute. It's been at this point in time, 11 years, because this podcast is being recorded in 2023. And when I look back, I'm just like, wow, I'm so lucky that I got to have the experience where I got to move away from home. It was 10 hours away from where I grew up. I grew up in San Diego. So Chico, it's right above Sacramento. It's like two hours, two and a half hours above Sacramento. So it was like, I got to be far away. I got to do my own thing. I was blessed to have my college paid for by my parents. Um, you know, I did work, but it was like, not it, it, you know, it's like, Oh, to have extra money to spend on clothes and food type of thing. Um, I had such a great time and I'm so lucky that I got to have that experience because I know a lot of people don't get to do that. I know a lot of people don't have the financial resources to do that, or they have things that tie them to their hometown, or they don't want to leave or go far away, or, you know, they didn't get into a school they wanted to. And so I am I just like, when I look back at that, I have so much gratitude for that, for that experience and what I learned and just that I got to be free. Like, those were the years where my biggest worry was, what am I going to wear tonight? <laughs> Texting my friends in class. Hey, what are you going to wear tonight? What's the vibe? Can I borrow that top? What time should we start pre-gaming? Like those were my biggest worries. And I'm so blessed that from age 18 to 22, that was the center of my universe. So I just am like <laughs> so grateful for that. And I'm also very grateful that I got to have fun. You know, I got to run with people who also had fun. I got to, it almost felt like alcohol was an expression because I love what drinking alcohol in the, the context of college represented because it was fun. It was let loose. It was let your hair down. It was let's dance. Let's all connect. Let's 
you know, be with people who make us happy and we have fun and like, let's just be. And so I really view alcohol as an amplifier. So it amplifies what's already going on inside of you. And so for me, it was like, I got to have fun. I got to be really happy and carefree. And I really loved that experience. And so, you know, I, there was nothing in my mind where I thought, oh, alcohol could be something that maybe won't enhance my life because the context I was living in. And at that time, alcohol absolutely enhanced my experience. College would have been so different if I was maybe an athlete and had to monitor the drinking or, you know, something, but it's like zero restrictions. I, it totally enhanced my experience. And at that point, phase in my life, alcohol was really valuable. It added value to my life. It was a way to connect with my friends and to be social. And it checked so many boxes. It was so fun. And then after college, I moved to San Francisco and that in some ways felt like college part two, except we have money. And so a lot of friends from college lived in that area and it was a lot of fun. Like the fun really continued where things got a little dark for me is that at that time I was going through a lot of personal challenges, a lot of unhappiness. I had a really hard time the first year after college going into working a corporate job. It was, I describe it as a bitch slap from the universe. When you go from just carefree you know, roll out of bed, go to class, hang out with your friends. And that's your world to, you now have a nine to five job and every single day, Monday through Friday, no matter how you feel, no matter if you feel like it or not, your ass is waking up, you're going to school or sorry, you're going to work. And I lived in San Francisco. So it was very much like you're taking the 38, like you're taking the bus, you're getting to work. You got to be in at this time. And It was so, it was really tough for me. It was also really tough for me, um, friendship wise, like, you know, my, the group of friends I had in college, I was really close with, they, they lived like 30 minutes away. So I, I actually, my first year really dreaded the weekend because I, yeah, like it, it just, I felt lonely. And then, you know, I, what else happened? Yeah. So I just had a really tough time in my inner world. Um, I actually, you know, struggled with disordered eating. I lost a lot of weight. It really felt like I had no control. Um, I ended up getting a job that was a sales job that I performed really poorly at. It really was not the job I was supposed to be in. Um, I did not have the sales acumen where, you know, it was a, a cold calling job and it was something where people would, you know, literally like the, the business owners I'd call, they would say, I don't need the product. Like we don't need that. And I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're right. They probably don't need it. And it just was not a fit. I did not excel at that role. And so I lived in constant anxiety of I'm going to get fired. In fact, I remember one time being at a happy hour with the, um, like uh, like senior manager or whatever of the department. And as a joke, he said, you're not going to get fired yet. And, and it was, you know, a fun social drinking setting, but I remember being so activated from that experience, like so 
scared that I broke out in hives that weekend and like had to go to urgent care. Like it was totally a bodily reaction for the fear I was in. I started seeing a therapist in San Francisco and therapy was going great. And it got to the point where the therapist I was seeing was like, you know what? Um, we are doing great work here and what you're needing is beyond traditional talk therapy. So I'm going to refer you to a, um, psychiatrist. And so I end up getting put on antidepressants and I changed nothing about my partying and drinking at this point more friends had moved to San Francisco. It was still very much like live for the weekends, a lot of fun. And when you are on medication like that, one glass of wine is like two and a half glasses of wine. And so I would have experiences where I would do like bizarre things. I would black out and had really, really bad anxiety from it. And that was a really dark time. I would say the darkest time of my life for those couple years. So while there were fun moments and going out with friends and drinking was a reprieve, it was a really tough time for me. And I really struggled a lot internally. Um, It was nobody's fault outside of mine. It was the choices I was making, like, you know, just really not, not honoring myself, not honoring what I needed out of friendships, not honoring my truth, not honoring the needs that I had. And, you know, it just was not good. So (laughs) I, my energy even feels heavy talking about that, but you know, then what ended up happening is I moved back to San Diego and it was, it was very different. The pace was very different. I got into a relationship and that person actually didn't drink alcohol and I would drink a little bit like with this person's family and it was fun and all that, but it wasn't as big of a part of my life. Now, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it, but the basically, so now we're at age 24 from age 24 to age 27, 28. It was very much, I feel like I had it was very social drinking, like very much a handle on it. You know, after I moved back from San Diego, I was able to taper off of the antidepressants I was on. Certain things in my life had improved. I got a different job that felt really good for me and that, you know, things were really shaping up. And so alcohol was a tool to enjoy after work on the weekends. Sometimes, you know, watch a movie with your roommate, drink a glass of wine, like totally normal right? And at the same time, alcohol was really a reprieve for me where it was like, my life does not feel good majority of the time, like Monday through Friday, it doesn't feel good, but I can look forward to happy hour on Thursday. I can look forward to going out on Friday. I could look forward to day drinking on Saturday. I could look forward to Sunday fun day or whatever that is. And the week it was, it was the context I was living my life in was like, So much of my time is spent doing what I don't want to do. So TGIF or it's five o'clock. Now I can do what I want to do. And alcohol was always a part of that equation always. And so, you know, very normal, like go to happy hour with your friends, go out on the weekends, like fun. And sometimes I would take it too far. Sometimes I would black out from drinking. Sometimes I would make choices that very much not proud of, very much wouldn't have made if I was in a sound mind. But 
when I look back at that time in my life, that is the frequency I was operating at, which was, I want to let go. I want alcohol to help me ease the crappy feeling I feel all week. I want alcohol to ease my anxiety. I want alcohol to take things away. And so I would say like, you know, I never drank hard alcohol by myself or anything, but I definitely would have a glass of wine by myself, like watch Netflix, all that. That was fine. And what really started to happen was I had a divine intervention where I moved to a brand new city. The company I was working for at the time relocated me to Nashville. They were downsizing the department. So it wasn't this like, Hey, we're going to relocate you to Nashville. It was like the department is dissolving. Most of you, you know, aren't going to continue with the company, but if you want to, you can move to our Phoenix office or our Nashville office. And I was just in a very like send it place. I was 27, uh, really struggling with dating and convinced that, oh, all the guys here are crappy. So everything I want is going to be in Nashville. That's what it is. I'm in the wrong location. I'm going to interview for this position. I really want it. And I'm down to relocate and pick up my life. So of course the universe is always going to give you exactly what is for your highest good. So I ended up getting the role within a month. I'm living in Nashville and I'm kind of up to my same antics. I didn't change anything about the way I was approaching dating, the way I was approaching my relationship to self, which was very disconnected, very into doing, very like, I'm here to do my job. That's it. Um, very caught up in what other people were thinking about me, very into people pleasing, very just really not a loving relationship with myself. And alcohol was, it, it's one of those things where it's like alcohol is there for you. Like alcohol feels like a warm security blanket. Alcohol is that thing that you can get excited about. Alcohol is socially accepted. It's, you know, the vibration of it can be celebration. It could be to let loose all that. And it was just, I just did not have a great relationship with myself. So one day I'm in Nashville and I end up, it's one of you, maybe you've experienced this where it's like, you just have, it's a Saturday and you just have, you have nowhere to be. You're like, I'm down to see where the day takes me. I have nowhere to be. My biggest responsibility is just making sure I get home and letting my dog out. <laughs> that was mine. And I was just in this floaty energy of like, yeah, let's just see where the day goes. And so day and night ended up blending together and it ended up being an experience of drinking during the day. It leads into the night not being mindful of how much am I eating? Am I drinking water? What time is it? It's just, that is my personality. Sometimes when I get so in the experience, I'm like, let's go, let's keep going. I don't want to stop because being around people who were drinking and being in those fun environments was what my soul was craving because that's where I felt free. I felt for, it's like, we're free when we dance, we're free when we're having fun. And I wanted to experience that freedom with people. And so it never occurred to me to take myself out of the game. And that's how I got into trouble in the past. And when I say trouble, I don't mean like legal trouble or, or anything like that, but just trouble with taking it too far and not having that discernment. And that's what happens when you drink alcohol. It really loosens you up. It and have you not care about stuff as much, not think of consequences. It, like that's just what happened. And so anywho, this day got out of hand. 
I woke up the next morning, you know, thankfully in my bed, not knowing how I got there, you guys. So here I am about to turn 28. I wake up, I'm like in shock and I look in the mirror. I still have my jewelry on my makeup on from the night before. And I'm just looking at myself in the mirror at this point, I'm feeling so much shame, so much disgust. And I just look in the mirror and meet myself eye to eye. And I just look at myself and I go, Valerie, you're 27. How much longer are you going to keep living like this? How much longer are you going to be okay with this? I felt so much anxiety as I often would every time I drank. I never woke up the next morning being like, oh, I'm so at peace. Every single time I would drink, I would feel some type of anxiety, but I thought, oh, that's normal, you know? And then it's like, your friends also feel the same way and it's very normalized. So that very morning I made a choice where what I normally would have done was, okay, let's just, you know, order DoorDash, watch some Real Housewives, get lost in a show and like not think about it. And I made a different choice where I thought, no, you know what? I want to improve myself. I want to do something different. I want to build a relationship with myself. That's actually what's going to make me feel better right now is facing this instead of numbing. Like I have done with alcohol, people can numb in different ways. You can numb with shopping. You can numb with sex. You can numb with watching TV shows. You can numb with scrolling on your phone. Like you can numb with working out. You can numb with overeating, not eating enough. Like there's so many different ways you can numb and kind of check out from what you're feeling. And in that moment, I just decided I'm going to put on a podcast and I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear something that I need to hear right now. So just like I asked you to do, I unconsciously, you know, set an intention of, I need to like, what, what do I need to hear? And I go at that time, 2018, I feel like podcasts weren't very big. Now it's hard to imagine a time, like it's hard to imagine there not being podcasts, but I mean, for the majority of our lives, there weren't podcasts. And so at that time, the only podcasts I had listened to were like pop culture ones. And I'm I'm almost like fumbling in the moment. I'm like, okay, podcast, podcast. Uh, what do people listen to? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, like mindset stuff. And the podcast I stumble upon is the school of greatness by Lewis Howes. I've never heard of this man before. I've never heard of this podcast, but it had great reviews and the title really caught my eye and I just listened to it. And it was an interview he had with somebody. And I remember they were talking about their struggle. So openly, they were talking about things they had gone through and where they're at now. And I just was taken aback by the level of vulnerability, the level of depth, the level of openness these people were, you know, sharing on this public platform. I was so, I didn't have conversations like that in my life. I didn't have really honest spaces like that in my life. And so to hear that it was like a warm hug to my soul. And so that created from that moment, I went down the rabbit hole of personal development, personal growth, and just really wanting to better myself. And you, I know that you're listening to this podcast because you're someone who values growth. You know, that's why you're listening to a podcast when you could be listening to anything else. And you have, you can probably relate to that feeling when you first start getting into personal growth, personal development, you're making all these changes, like all these, you're learning so many things and it feels so good. 
and it can honestly be an addiction in itself too, but you just want to, you're like, what else is there? Who else is there? Who else can I learn from? What else? And so that's really where I went. And what ended up happening was I really wanted to do the work on myself. I knew that I needed to. And so I really went ham and I started with meditating every day. I started with gratitude every day. I started with learning about manifestation. I started with unpacking everything in my life. I hired a love coach, my first coach ever who I hired or no, sorry, second coach. No. So I hired my first business mentor, Sophie, to help me launch my business. That was in August, 2018. And then I, ha- and before that started, I started working with Darcy, my, my love coach who I worked with at the time, Darcy Iverson. And like, I just learned so much about myself, such deep work. And I would, you know, feel, I would do so many things. I started building a morning ritual. Like I said, meditation, really working on my inner world. And I felt my vibration really increasing at the time. I still had my corporate job and people would say, you just seemed so happy. Like coworkers would be like, your energy is just so different. Like you seem so happy. Like people were starting to notice these changes I was experiencing and I noticed that whenever I would drink alcohol and at this point in time, I was very, I was way more conscious. So I wasn't drinking hard alcohol or anything like that. And I had also made friends with people who, you know, we, we had really deep connected friendships outside of alcohol as well. So it was really, you know, the relationship was able to change because it was like, oh, we're have we're, you know, we, we can just have one glass of wine or it's like, the goal isn't to get drunk. It's to, you know, have wine to enhance our dinner or something like that. And I just started to realize that every time I would drink, I would feel very anxious the next day. And it almost felt like, you know, I was doing all these things to keep my vibration high and improve and feel better and build this relationship within myself. And then I would drink alcohol and it would almost take me three steps back. Like it would take like two to three business days <laughs> for like me to feel normal again, even if I just had one glass of wine. And I started to be like, hmm, there, there's got what there's got to be something to this, but I don't know if I could give up alcohol. It felt unfathomable at the time. How could I give up? Like, what about my friends? What about this? What about that? And I looked at it as if I were to give up alcohol and stop drinking alcohol, I would be missing out right? Because it's very fun. It's fun to get a bottle of wine with your friends. It's fun to toast with champagne. It's fun. Like the frequency can be fun when you're in that headspace. And so I decided, you know, I was like, okay, Valerie, instead of going to the extreme of, I'm never going to drink again, because that didn't feel good or authentic or exciting or expansive for me. I decided what would it be like for 30 days to not drink alcohol? And I treated it as this light experiment instead of I'm never drinking alcohol again. I wanted to approach it as like fun. And so I was like, let's experiment what changes, how, how you feel, if you feel less anxious, let's see if your life gets better. Let's see if you, you know, you're launching your, and that's the thing too, is I was also launching my business. So I was like, wait, this is going to slow me down. If I, I can't afford, you know, here I am with my nine to five job and I can't afford to be sluggish 
on the weekends when that's, you know, the time I have to create and move things forward in my business. I can't have my mind be foggy and me be hung over. Like that's not going to work because I was way more committed to growing my business than I was to drinking. Honestly, like I was like, that's what I want because I, I, I knew right away when I started my business, I was like, this is not some cutesy thing I'm doing. This is going to be not only my livelihood from a money perspective, but like, this is my life's work. And so I started with the experiment and it was really hard. The first 30 days were really hard. The hardest part was all the programming. So it's very, very, very normalized to drink. And it's, you know, it's happy hour and bars everywhere. And you start to think you're like, well, if alcohol's bad for you, then why would there be so many bars? And why would it be so accessible? And why could I get it at every grocery store? And like, why does every restaurant have specials? Like why every table I look at people are drinking, like it just, you have to unpack and you have to stand in your truth of I'm making this choice for me. So I remember starting to see the benefits of it in the 30 days. I was like, wow, this is fun. I can drive my friends. You know, everyone can save money on an Uber and I can drive my friends. And then I was like, I can have control of when I leave. I know for sure that I could sign up for a 9 a.m. yoga class. And I know that I'm not going to be too hungover to go or I'm not going to struggle because I'm like still drunk (laughs) during it. And I started to really see the benefits of it. And so, and, and also my friends really supported me. I was still in situations where, you know, I would party or go to parties and it can be a little like people when you're not drinking, if you're in the environment where people are partying or they don't know you, or they're not super supportive of what you're doing. Like it can, you know, people are like, why aren't you drinking? Where's your drink? And then you have to just really stand in it. So I would say things I'd be like, I'm not drinking today. Or I'd be like, I have to get up early. So I'm not drinking. I wasn't, I wouldn't say to people like, oh, I'm doing a 30 day experiment where I'm not drinking. So, you know, I just would really stand in it and I would just make it sound like it was a today thing. And I also did that when I was dating as well. I was meeting up with men and going on dates, um, from men I was meeting on the dating apps. And I didn't want to right away be like, I don't drink alcohol, but I would just say, if they would suggest to go for a drink, I would say, Um, awesome. Like, do you know anywhere where we could get, you know, I could get some tea and you could get a drink. I'm actually not drinking during the week or whatever I would say. And it was fine. Right. It was fine. But most of the, the hardest part about not drinking alcohol is explaining to people why you're not. And I find that it can make other people uncomfortable because they could make up that you're judging them or that you're, you know, uh, you know, think that they have a problem or something like that, because, I would get reactions from people where they'd be like, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely trying to cut back too. Or like, yeah, this is my last fear. Or just people would start to feel weird. And it's like, you know, that's that's on them. That's their own interpretation. But that was something that, that's what I feel was the hardest part was explaining, okay? So this is 2018. And I met somebody who actually I knew this person from San Diego. And we started to date long distance. And then the universe really had my back on this one. The universe, like the company I was working for was going through a reorg and they actually needed me to move back to San Diego. And so they paid for me to move back to San Diego pretty quickly. So I lived in Nashville for a total of 11 months. A lot of those months I was traveling. And in that time I started to date this person and it was really fun to date him. Um, you know, like, at the beginning, it was fun. And so we would go out to dinner and 
I started to not have as much conviction around not drinking alcohol because you know, I'd be around him and he, we would go out to dinner and he'd be like, do you want wine? Do you want champagne? And I started to just slip back in where I was like, yeah, let's have wine. Let's have. And I, it was back to like, you know, we would go out to dinner a lot of nights of the week and I would drink a lot of nights of the week. And then the friends I was around at that time, they would drink too, you know, going out to dinner and stuff like that. And so it was very much like back to drinking. And I integrated alcohol into my life again, not from a conscious place, but from a place of like, I'm only going to just tonight or whatnot. And what happened in that three month period was I struggled to be consistent with my business. I was not showing up and taking the bold action I was when I had not been drinking alcohol. I felt like something was working against me. And I was not in complete self-love and relationship with myself. And so I realized alcohol is taking from me. Alcohol is not adding value to my life like it did in college, like it did for fun happy hours, like it did for bachelorette parties, like it did for all the other times. It's not adding value to my life. And so I decided I was like, or actually, okay, Now I know the last time. Yes. So this was the last time before I decided I'm not drinking is I, you know, with, went out with friends and had, um, like hard alcohol and it was like two strong drinks. And I was seeing Abraham Hicks the next day live, which if you know them, they, well, it's Esther Hicks who channels an entity called Abraham and, Esther will travel and do shows live and you can actually see her channeling Abraham and you can also, they pick people in the audience. So people don't raise their hand and go like, oh, pick me or they do maybe, but then, you know, they, they pick someone very intuitively. Um, Anyway, I went to, I was so excited to go. And the night before I had drinks with friends and the next day I was hungover. And I was not feeling well. And I went to this event and I remember feeling like, God, I'm not getting the full experience out of this beautiful, like this is a beautiful representation of what I'm stepping into and, you know, my own growth. And this is such a cool experience. I met up with my coach at the time and I was sitting with her and I was just like, wow, alcohol is really in my way right now. It's really slowing me down. So that's when I stopped. And This is, so this is early 2019. And this is when I really like stopped drinking alcohol for good. And the relationship I was in had ended, not because of my drinking or not drinking anymore for other reasons. And I made friends who also didn't drink. And so it became very easy to stay in that. And I'm not blaming anyone because I'm responsible for my actions and I'm responsible for the environments I put myself in. I'm responsible for my yes, for my no. And what I had learned was that prior to me in 2019, really declaring, okay, I'm done with alcohol. I really wasn't in the best environment, right? I was still, it's like, I would still be at bars and I'd be sober and I'd get annoyed or like, you know, alcohol would be a part of what I would do with friends. And so it actually, it it just felt kind of 
it was harder in that sense because I felt like, oh, I'm such a Debbie Downer. Like, you know, are people judging me or whatnot? And so I made friends who also did not drink. It was not even part of the equation. We had very connected, deep conversations, very meaningful experiences where alcohol wasn't involved. And it's not actually alcohol, it's the intention. And so there's, it's always about the intention behind it. So alcohol is a tool. Alcohol could be used to celebrate. It could be used to connect. It could be used to have fun. And a lot of the time, you know, in environments I was in, the intention was, yes, have fun. And yes, I want to lose my mind. Like I want to just go into another dimension. And I was, and I participated in that. And so really environment is important because then when you surround yourself with people where that temptation isn't even there, it just wouldn't even make sense. It's, it's way easier to integrate it and taking this back to like business. This is why masterminds are so great for quantum leaping and really growing because you're in this collective space with people who are very intentionally growing their business you guys, you know, you're doing your own thing, but you're coming together and supporting one another. And that it's like an environment you have where you can really thrive and grow even faster. And I believe in masterminds so much. I've been in so many masterminds and it's something that I deeply, deeply, deeply believe in. And so what ended up happening was, you know, being in this space, just, I was able to let go of alcohol altogether. And then I met Ryan my partner now, we've been together for over over four years. In July, we celebrated four years. And he also doesn't drink. So we've been together, you know, since, well, our official anniversary is July 2019. And we have never, like, gotten drunk together or had shared a bottle of wine or champagne or anything like that. It's just, it's not part of our reality. It's just not part of our reality. And so that has also made it easy. It's like, how cool is that? That once I decided this is the standard I hold, I'm not available for alcohol because alcohol is not adding value to my life. Alcohol is not helping me get to my vision. Alcohol is not enhancing literally anything in my life. Once I stood in that, then I attracted someone who was on that same wavelength. Whereas when I kind of half-heartedly was like, oh, I'm going to experiment, you know, we'll see not fully owning like yeah, I'm not drinking. Like I'm actually alcohol free. I actually don't drink alcohol. When I didn't own that, I was attracting people who, you know, maybe made me feel weird about that. Or they were kind of like, Oh, interesting. It's like, once you're clear and you're clear with the universe, then you're absolutely going to experience what you want to experience. You're absolutely going to have exactly what you want to have. And you're going to call in the people who are a reflection of that standard. And so that was really cool. And I think the biggest thing too, is that I don't identify with the word sober. So I don't, but I technically am, I guess the only thing I use is coffee or sugar, right? That, those can also be, well, I mean, not to that extreme, but like, you know, no drugs of any kind, no alcohol. I don't take any prescription, anything. I want to be really clean. And so I tell myself that I have free will because all of us have free will. And so for me, if I were to say, no, I'm sober, even though I technically am, if I were to say I'm sober, that to me, there's a lot of restriction that I feel. I feel constriction in my body. I feel 
a lot of programming around that word. A lot of it, it feels almost like I can't. But the thing is, is I can. I I can choose to drink alcohol whenever I want. And so just even walking around with that freedom of, I could have it, but I don't want it. That helps me feel really empowered. And to be honest, I don't miss alcohol at all. I love sparkling water. I love you know, kombucha, I really do not ever think, damn, I wish I could have alcohol because the choice is always there. I, it's always an option to have it right now. We're staying at a hotel. I could walk into the lobby and grab a bottle of champagne out of the fridge at the front desk and, you know, pay for it or whatever. And like drink champagne right now. It's not that I can't, it's that I choose not to because I quickly check in and I go, does this add value to my life? No. It's kind of like ice cream, for example, right? Ice cream is everywhere. It's really easy to get ice cream. And when you live in, let's say you're on a diet or something, or you're, you know, cutting back on sugar, if you were to go, I can't, I can't have sugar. I can't have ice cream. You're going to want it more. But when you take your power back and you go, you know what, that's not, going to add value because I really want to feel good. I want to feel clear. Uh, I had a great workout class today. I have been making really healthy choices. I feel really good. I just, yeah, that's not going to add value to my life. I'm I'm not going to choose that. How much more empowering does that feel versus I can't have out or I can't have ice cream. That's bad. I shouldn't. When we operate in should, shouldn't right, wrong, that's judgment. So I want to get into sharing with you about really what's improved in my life as a result of making this choice. I also feel really called to tell you a story very quickly about I tried alcohol removed wine. It was earlier this year and it's the brand is called free F R E. And I was like, Oh, cool. It's alcohol removed. And I had the, I had like half a glass of wine and I was so buzzed. I felt, it felt fuzzy, the energy in my head. And I know you're probably like, duh, that's what happened when, when you drink alcohol, but like the energy felt very fuzzy to me. Um, I felt, okay. And I'm gonna, <laughs> this is, this is the part that I was like, people might think I'm cray, but whatever. I believe my experience has been that alcohol opens up a portal. And I believe that I personally, as an energetically sensitive person, am more susceptible to entities and darker energies clinging on to me, coming into my energetic field when I drink alcohol. I feel like I'm almost inviting them in. And so when I've had alcohol, I would get very dark thoughts, not not like in the midst of like, oh, like out dancing with friends. But it was like, you know, later at night when everyone's taking their Ubers and going home and I'm like trying to go to sleep, very dark thoughts in the morning, very dark thoughts where it almost felt like I was energetically hijacked. And I had that happen when I drank this alcohol removed wine. I drank like half a glass and I was like, Ryan was like, I feel like you're drunk. And it was, it felt very dirty energetically to me. And I'm not coming from a place of judgment. This was my experience because it felt like, oh, I'm trying to almost cheat. I'm almost trying to be like, yeah, I'm alcohol removed, like, haha. But there was still, there's still like some alcohol in it, I learned, which I had no idea of. And 
I just felt really anxious and I felt darker energies. Um, what has improved is that my spiritual gifts have come online. So I am a psychic medium and I don't, I, I used to offer intuitive sessions where it was like, you know, you could book one with me and we could have never talked before. And those were amazing, amazing. And the, the things people have shared with me about what happened after the sessions, um, you know, it was really cool having messages come through from loved ones on the other side, me getting impressions of things like me, you know, because it's cool in these sessions, people would come with questions or they would, this was the funnest, the most fun part is like, leaving that space for me to just connect with their energy and me receive things where I ask them questions where I'm like, Oh, are you in school for something right now? Or like, Oh, I'm seeing, um, like, you know, I'm seeing, I don't know, like I'm seeing boxes. Are you moving right now? And stuff that people would be like, Oh my God. And what's really cool about that is that I felt very clean and in integrity as an intuitive, as a psychic, and as someone who is connecting on the other side, knowing that I was not putting alcohol in my body. I actually don't believe it's in full integrity to be like a healer or a psychic or a medium and be having alcohol in your, your blood, like in your field. I mean, like even, I don't even want to say like, oh, within 48 hours of a session, like for me in integrity, because my gifts are my gifts. So they're with me all the time. So my clients get my gifts all the time. I, I see things and feel into things for my clients. I receive messages for my clients. And the thing is, is that I could not imagine if I were to muddy up my ability to channel my ability to receive with alcohol. And so for me, the blessing has been that my gifts have come online because I'm a clear freaking channel, like so clear. Another thing that's improved is that I have complete control of how I want to feel. Nothing is ever working against me. Yes, I have my human experience of the emotions I experience. I feel anxious and like I have tools to shift very quickly. I use EFT. I love rapid resolution therapy. I do breath work. I work with a healer. I have other tools that I use and I'm able to shift pretty quickly. But if alcohol were to be a part of that, and I were to have a substance in my body that is literally like contributing to me feeling anxious and it's in my blood and it's just not good, that's going to be a lot harder for me to shift. So I love that I have the control of how do I want to feel? I also know that I'm like, I'm going to feel good tomorrow morning. So it's like, as long as I get good sleep, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to feel good. I'm not going to feel foggy or groggy because I drank the night before. And to me, that's freedom where I'm like, I'm can be a full participant in life. I can follow through on my commitments. I can show up for myself. I can show up for other people because nothing is getting in my way. Nothing. My body is more at peace. So my body feels very peaceful. My inner world is very peaceful. I am able to, you know, keep myself at a pretty high vibration. Of course, I have my human emotions. Of course, I have my down days, but I work at keeping my frequency high. I work at keeping my vibration high. And so that feels good. 
And I'm a powerful manifester as are you. And so when I'm in a place where I'm vibrating at a certain frequency, I'm able to attract what I want into my experience. And again, this isn't, it's not like every second of every day, I'm just like money's flying at me and new clients and all the things, but I have control. Like it's, it's really control. The root of me not drinking alcohol anymore, to be completely frank with you, is it gives me control. And this is the same reason why the same root actually of why I feel that I manifested panic attacks while driving last year to the point where I didn't drive for almost a year. I was scared to drive and didn't drive for almost a year. That's another episode I might do, but it's control. I feel like I have my power, not alcohol. Like I'm in control and that feels really good. My health has improved. I mean, like, obviously my health has improved. Um, I feel like it's also helping me to not age as fast. I noticed like the way my face would look just after I would drink. I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you look at your face like the next day and you're like, oh, you know, or you, not, not like, oh, I don't look good, but it's kind of like, oh, I'm puffy. Oh, this, I'm that. And again, it's like, you know, why would I put something in my body that would work against me? So I feel so healthy. I feel amazing. Obviously I, I make smart choices with eating. I work out, I do yoga and those things contribute, but knowing like, I don't put this in my body. I'm not damaging my liver. I feel really good. I feel really vibrant. I feel very youthful. Um, I haven't for a long time gotten Botox. I used to, that's also another conversation. I don't want to like you know, get too crazy on here because I may get it again. I love the way it looks. I think it, I think everyone, you know, with, with a, with a certain amount, I think it looks good on anyone who chooses to get it. And for me, I just don't, I did, I had concerns about how close the actual Botox was getting to my third eye. And I know that might sound a little cray and out there, but I'm really serious about protecting myself energetically and what I put in my body. And so that does not align right now, but that could change. It's not a forever thing. Um, back to kind of what I was talking about with the energy of feel. I, I feel like I open up when I drink a portal to have darker energies come in when I drink. And I feel like a lot of people do that. Um, literally, I'm like, that's probably why it's called spirits. The in, in bars, for example, it's, I feel like a lot of darker energies cling on to people because when you're drinking alcohol, you end up being way more open and susceptible to darker energies and lower frequencies. And so spiritually, that's what happens for me. For example, I would like do anything to not go into a bar. I mean, it's different when you're at a restaurant, there's alcohol, but for me personally, I just feel very, very susceptible. And what's so interesting is all those other years that I drank, I never felt like, oh, there's darker, anything like that. But the more it, because I'm spiritually awake now, because I'm more conscious, because I do work with the spiritual realm, because I'm in connection with the angels and guides and all that, I'm way more energetically sensitive. And if you are spiritual, if you are someone who you're growing your spiritual gifts, you're growing your intuition, you've probably noticed that you have become more sensitive to alcohol. 
So to wrap this up, I really want to share with you kind of like what you can do if you're curious about going on a journey and reevaluating your relationship with alcohol. So the first thing I would recommend you do is just get really clear on how is alcohol adding value to your life and is it, and I want you to like examine, you know, did it add value to my life last year, five years ago? What about now? What about now? And really see if it is serving the same purpose that it once did. I shared at the beginning of the episode, I almost like cried. I'm so cheesy about college and how, like how basically I'm saying, I'm so glad I partied. I'm so glad I had that experience. I'm so glad, you know, that like I had so much alcohol. That's basically what I'm saying. And it's like, that was a purpose that it served in college. But then in my late twenties, it was like, it no longer had the same purpose and no longer added value. I also want you to really ask yourself if you were to let go of alcohol. So let's say you're thinking about it rather than focusing on what you would lose. I want you to think about what you would gain. So instead of thinking like, oh, it's not going to be as fun or like people are going to think I'm weird or it's going to you know, suck being around all, all drunk people. Like instead of thinking about that, think about what's actually available for you on the other side of that decision. Okay. And the third thing that I want you to really tune into is who can you count on in your life for support? If you were to make a choice or like I did do an experiment, who can you really count on to be in your corner and support you? I definitely recommend having honest conversations with friends and saying like, look, um, I'm actually not going to be drinking. I'm really, this isn't like, you know, maybe in the past I've tried not drinking, but like, I'm actually really exploring what it would be like to not have alcohol be a part of my life. And I really need to be supported. You know, I would just love if you could support me and cheer me on in this and, you know, just so you know, I have zero judgment around you and what you're doing, but like, can I count on you to support me in this? And that's going to be really, really powerful. So that's what I wanted to share. It felt really important for me to open up and share about my journey because not drinking alcohol is, it's a part of my identity, honestly, at this point. And that's what I really struggled with when I was trying to let go of alcohol was like, the identity of like, well, what am I now? Am I sober or whatever? And it's something that I'm very proud about. And it's something that literally every aspect of my life improved my quality of life, my happiness, my business skyrocketed, like everything, honestly, everything improved my relationship to self, me actually being able to heal like so much so, so much. And I, I don't judge anybody who drinks. I'm around people who drink sometimes like, you know, my dad will have beers, um, some, some family, like when we get together at family gatherings, but it's really cool. Now that I think about it, I can't think of one friend, you know, one close friend who I've ever been with them. And they've been like, I'm going to drink like, and, and that's totally fine. It's not like, Oh, if you drink, we can't hang out, but it's just it's really cool to make that decision and align yourself with people who also value the same things. And it's not a good, bad, worse, better, anything, but it's a choice that I've made and it's just really great. (laughs) And the depths that I've been able to go to and friendships because, you know, there's no alcohol, like it's just been incredible. So 
I hope that there was something in here for you. I hope that you heard something that gave you permission or it was an exhale for you or something that was even interesting. And I would love to hear from you too. My DMs are open. It's it's kind of cool because with my podcast, like, yes, I can look at the stats and I can see how many downloads the episode gets. But what I don't know is the actual impact it's having. I, what I don't know is the aha moments you had or the thing I said that really clicked into place for you and had you feel seen or something you related to. And so I want you to know that that absolutely makes my day when I receive a message from someone saying, Hey, I listened to your podcast episode. Like I really relate to that or that I really resonate with that. Or thank you for sharing that. Like that is such a hug to my soul. Words of affirmation are my top love language. If you're familiar with the five love languages, words of affirmation are mine. So it's like, I will remember forever that you reached out and shared that. And so, you know, if anything resonates with you ever, whether it's this episode or another or a post I made, please know that your message will always be so excitedly received from me. If you were to ever share that, if you're on a journey of choosing to let go of alcohol, creating alcohol freedom, I'd love for you to shoot me a message and let me know so I can wish you, you know, the best of wishes. And I don't even want to say luck because it's a choice on your journey. Um, because I think that's really cool. And I think it's really brave. And if you're curious about it, if you're exploring it, if you're toying around with it, I mean, there's a reason you listened to this episode and I'm really, really happy you did. So thank you for giving me this space to share with you. My throat chakra feels so open after sharing such a blessing to have, just have a space to really share what's on my heart. So I love you so much and I cannot wait to connect with you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I hope you loved today's episode and got some takeaways from the message shared today. If anyone in your life would benefit from hearing this episode, please be generous and share it with them on your story. Tag me on Instagram at the Mindful Babe. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on the iTunes store. Your reviews are what keeps this podcast going, and I appreciate you so very much. Have an incredible day, babe.